During a crisis, you know, cocktail hour can be almost any hour. make me burp so should we start this yes okay here we go doing it boozy sitters club season two episode two dose i'm stephanie i'm nell and this is the boozy sitters special edition live from the adamo residence in lakeland florida Oh, oh, before I actually forget, sure. this pod is brought to you by friend of the pod, Lisa. <laughs> I'm going to beep out her last name. I was just about to say, are we doing last names? <laughs> Thought we weren't. <laughs> we aren't. Lisa, beep. <laughs> we love you. And how might you get to sponsor the pod when we remember? Step one. Oh, step one. Subscribe. Step two. Step two. Rate. Review. <laughs> or rate. Either one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> step three. And rate or review whichever you haven't done in step two. Yep. Step four. Let us know about it. Easy. It's actually oh, yeah. easier than there we made it know. sound. <sighs> yeah. And we somehow we consistently fuck it you know what there's gonna be an ad where t rever will tell you all about it <laughs> can't wait <laughs> please listen to our australian automaton t reva so here we are we read a book um last time we speculated that we didn't know the uh the narrator because i just said the name of the book was <laughs> Little Miss Stonybrook. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wildly speculated who would be um, narrating. And then when I, I don't know if you noticed when you got the book, it's actually called Little Miss Stonybrook. Dawn. And Dawn. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I just, <laughs> yeah. Clearly we were focused on the beauty pageant aspect of things. Oh, yes, we were. So, I mean, I, I think we were right that there was a pageant. Check. I think you were the one who said that all of the neighborhood children were going to get involved. Check. Check. Little healthy competition or not so healthy competition. Yeah. I think we thought that maybe like the neighborhood kids wouldn't be good enough. I'm using air quotes there because I can't think of another sure. word. And they would stage their own Yes, magic. we did think that. That was wrong. We were not prepared for them to just kind of um I would say it's half get wrong. all mean girl to each other. Sure. I would say it's <laughs> half wrong because I think the part about not being good enough was right. They just didn't care and steamrolled it, it, the whole thing. True. Except for one of them. Yes. Mariah or Maya. Mariah. Which Mariah, yeah. The one that ended up being Marianne's charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did well. So Basically, there there is a pageant. Little Miss. You just Stony keep Brooke. saying there's a pageant. So there's a <laughs> Little, Little Miss Stony Brook pageant <laughs> that it sounds like um, is a feeder for the Miss World pageant. So it sounds yes. like theoretically yes. this is like a feeder for Miss America, and mm-hmm. it's coming to town and through various ways, different of the Babysitters Club charges want to enter or get convinced to enter and then each one of the babysitters club members kind of takes it on as her own project and then of course they get a little competitive against each other to try and prove which this seems like an ongoing theme if if they can win whatever the contest is then that means they're the Mm -hmm. best babysitter yeah which in this instance i didn't fully correlate with how those two went together But sure. They don't. They don't. And then the underlying theme of it as well, because Mallory and Jesse do not get into this. 
and tell them it's stupid from the start. Yeah, not only do they not get into it, they are actively oppose it. Actively oppose it and probably are the two biggest... Okay, they're basically the ones who are just saying it's it's sexist. Don't yes. do it. Yes, <laughs> I think they act. One of them actually says it. Yes, I'm pretty sure I have a uses those a bookmark there. Yeah, so that's the gist. We'll let uh, we'll let Lewis, Lewis Cheney let you. <laughs> Speaking of which, Davina DeCampo liking our tweet. That's very so exciting. exciting. If you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, please go check out our Instagram. Uh, and or our Twitter in which we paired a Babysitter's Club member with a contestant from RuPaul's Drag Race UK and Davina DeCampo, who is one of said contestants, liked our tweet. <laughs> it was probably the highlight of my week. So exciting. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> so everyone go look and like them again, even if you've already liked all our tweets and instagrams and be a part yeah, of the look at it it was great the love yeah it was awesome with that lewis and arps dawn's a little jealous it was a formal ceremony to welcome jesse and mallory into the babysitter's club don't people know that dawn's a special babysitter too then it's dawn's turn to shine mrs pike wants her to help prepare margot and claire for the little miss stony brook contest so what if Margot's only talent is peeling a banana with her feet? Dawn's going to help her charges win that contest any way she can. The only trouble is, Christy, Marianne and Claudia are helping Karen, Mariah and Charlotte enter the contest too. And nobody's sure where the competition is fiercer, at the pageant or in the babysitter's club. Okay, so we're back. We're back. Um, so I believe you mentioned wine. What are you drinking? Oh, I'm I am having the most basic of basic bitch Florida days. <laughs> we might be having the same day. <laughs> I mean, it's slightly chilly out. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a sweatshirt mm -hmm. because Are you also wearing sweatshirts? I am. Cuz I am. Uh I'm wearing leggings. Mainly because all of my sweatpant type things are currently in the wash. Fair enough. You know, because yes, I don't want to use the communal laundry machines afforded to me in my apartment. So I come to my parents' house to do laundry. And I think that is the adult decision in that situation. I mean, I, to his varying degrees, know what my parents are doing and have been. I don't know who else is touching nope. those washing machines. Anyway, so that's that. So, out of a Key and Curly Winery, which is a Plant City winery in Florida, which makes wine out of fruits that I would not typically think about um, being made into wine. Are we going to have a Moira Florida? or a Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek <laughs> situation here? Fruit wine? <laughs> no. Herb Erlinger's fruit wine? <laughs> that is what Key and Curly does. But I am drinking the top echelon of Millennial Basic Bitch, our Chardonnay, a Kim Crawford Savion Blanc. <laughs> mm-hmm. Old Faithful, I'm here for it. We're doing this on a Saturday, which is not normal for us. So we're just, I'm just kicking back, living my best basic bitch life. It's good. It, I, it's crisp. <laughs> Nell's holding up a similar looking glass. It is not Kim Crawford. Wine. It's something else that I picked up because I liked the label. <laughs> it's perfectly serviceable. Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> I did have a plan for a cocktail that involved cranberry juice. Mm -hmm. Then when I was at the grocery store, hoping that I could find a can of cranberry juice, 
which I couldn't find, then started questioning the do I need a giant bottle of cranberry juice? Would you like to help out your urinary tract health? I mean, who doesn't? But then I started to spiral down the, wait, am I supposed to be using 100% cranberry juice or am I supposed to be using cranberry juice cocktail? Cocktail. And then I was like, if I get the wrong thing, either way, it's going to ruin the cocktail. And then I was like, let's just get wine. I, I did a Publix run this morning because... My parents needed some stuff. I needed some stuff for a a delightful treat mm-hmm. I'm making. Um, and I was like, oh, I keep hearing these ads that Publix sells this hard kombucha called June Shine. And I'm kombucha, hard kombucha curious, if yeah. you will. Um, they all sell that in the Polk Uh-oh. County. Yeah. I can see how that would be a... <laughs> Uh, a Pinellas County thing. South Pinellas County, Saint specifically, Pete. I think. St. Pete. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll do that yeah. a different day. <laughs> that's fine. I, I feel like that's a only major city. Orlando, Tampa are fine cities, in quotes, in Florida. I'm sure Miami's got yes. it. Yeah. Well, I'm anyway, glad once so again we are on the same drink wavelength. Well, yes. And here's how it gets even worse on my journey. So I was just like toppled by not finding the hard kombucha. Much like my cranberry juice journey. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I haven't put anything in. I didn't because I, didn't, I, I was flustered. I didn't buy anything. And my mom, this is how you know she's my mom. <laughs> Oh, I already got a bottle of Kim Crawford in the uh, in the refrigerator. It's just there waiting for whoever wants it. Do you want it? I'll drink some later. They'll be left, right? We'll find out, Arlene. We'll find, we'll out. find out. So yeah. So cheers to mom, Arlene, for the win. Cheers to Arlene. Arlene well, for the I win. classed up my wine with some <laughs> snacks. I got some strawberries, which are from, mm. I believe, Plant City. Um, <laughs> Curly, I'm pretty sure they make wine out of that. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Isn't there like strawberry wine? Yes. Yeah, that's people write songs about that. I shit, feel like right? now we're reaching some ASMR thing. I didn't mean for that to happen. They're good. Let me try them with my <laughs> with my wine. It's not really like strawberries and champagne, but I figured strawberries and. There's your ASMR minute. You drink. I touch the microphone. That sounds dirty. A little bit. <laughs> In a way. Um, yeah. We're... So, yeah, that's, I'm glad we're on the same page. Check. Take, Take a, a wee, wee break, break and, and come back into it. Finish the strawberry and not feel weird about it. Hi, kids. The T-Man is back. I'm here to tell you how you can become a Boozy Booster and sponsor an episode of the Boozy Sitters Club. All you have to do is rate, review and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and show us the proof. Screenshot that shit and hit us up on the Twitter or the Gram to have Nell and Stephanie say your name at some point when they remember it. And who don't like their name said out loud. Are we back from our break? So we're back. Yeah, we're back from our break. We're back. So how are you? Um... Well, I'm going to say fine. I feel like I'm just, (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I feel like I'm just going along with a lot of things that need to get done. Um, Mm -hmm. Having small stress ball moments. um, Freaking out over some, you know, general life things like moving during a pandemic. It's cool. I think that's the first time you've mentioned to our tens of mm, listeners. Well, tens moving. of listeners, I am moving. Um, it's weird. Like, moving is stressful. Like, when you look at those psychological things that are like, what are the top three, like, most stressful things that you can do in your life? And I think it's like mm-hmm. death, 
not your own, but like of a loved one, um, losing your job. Me? I mean, death of your death may be stressful. Well, depending, I don't know, maybe if it's like a bam, like then it's not, you just don't know it. But like, yeah. That's but like true. death of a loved one, losing your job and moving are like the top three stressful things that you experience. Um, so check off two of those in the past calendar year. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, no one died for tens of listeners that are <laughs> invested now in my life story. Um, so, yeah, it's so like moving stressful enough, but then... Mm-hmm. Moving dura- during a pandemic just kind of like adds an extra like, hey, let's try this. Um, and it just keeps kind of hitting me at random little points where like the other day I was like, oh, my God, like, what if I get COVID the week before I have to move? So then I started like running through this whole scenario, which FYI mm-hmm. involves you coming and um, supervising movers while I quarantine in a hotel somewhere. Heads up. That's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, you amongst other people, but basically I was like, <laughs> no, I know. well, my friends would have to come like deal with that and get all my shit on a truck. And I would have to. And we quarant- would. Yeah. And I would have to quarantine in a hotel somewhere. And then my friends would have to like deal with the movers on the other end and get stuff in. Like it just was a lot of like, I was like, Oh my God. And that's assuming that I'm just having to like, you know, be sick somewhere. Yeah. Not like in a hospital. At least on both ends of this move, you have a support system, which I am. So if anything goes awry, eternally grateful for, and it helps, you know, when I moved to yeah. Florida, I had to a degree a support system, but not not in the same way. And, you know, yeah. so so, you know, fine. Um the as we discussed a little bit before and can get into further, um RuPaul's Drag Race UK is getting me through this time. So I mean, it's <laughs> and like I know you've been telling me to watch it for literal years, and I think I think part of the reason that I had not was because I knew once I started, that was it. Like, Can't cannot stop. stop. <laughs> and as someone who owned and still does somewhere, uh, the virtual or not the virtual, the physical CD of RuPaul's, uh, I believe, debut album, Supermodel, <laughs> and listened to it a lot like it's not really a shock that i enjoy it i think it just like so yeah thank you for pushing me over the edge to embrace i i will say i was into rupaul's drag race before the pandemic but like my obsession has gone to a place i was not even expecting because I just straight, it is my escape from reality. So yeah. it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And I'm like legitimately getting everybody I know on board and watching at least one of them. Cause it's like, there's one for everybody now. I'm like, I watch them all. Don't you worry. <laughs> like, I'm real excited for Australia. That one's going to be good. <laughs> oh my God. I think, what is today's uh, date? We're recording this on the six. sixth. I think six. like today or tomorrow, they're announcing Ooh. who the uh, cast is. <gasps> Our our automaton Trevor will be so excited. And maybe, maybe real, real Trevor, Trevor will be excited. Real Trevor might also be excited. <laughs> All the things. And also, fear not, tens of listeners, the pod will continue because since we started the pod during lockdown in a pandemic, we've been doing it on Zoom the whole yeah. time. So So yeah, things will things will stay the same um for our listeners. Um so other than uh RuPaul's drag race, how are you doing? Yeah, fine. <laughs> A little tired today. A little slow. Lots of shit. It's fine. <laughs> we don't need to get into it. What we do need to get into, because we have to have a minute yeah. about it. Ellie Diamond, man. Okay. Shade. But she did play but, the game. Exactly. <laughs> Rue said, shady bitch, but that's how you play the game. Which is 
I mean, that should be the tagline for the show in and of itself. Like any reality it's show. It's so true. If it is a contestant or if it's a competition show, the goal is to win. And I actually, like, I thought she did, she did exactly what I would have done in putting people in that order for the stand-up competition. But yeah, Ellie, man. Good, Good for her. Because that was the only way she was getting top four. Great. Anyway. So that was your RuPaul's Drag Race UK corner. <laughs> Let's jump into the book. We're gonna. We're so gonna how go would you rate this drag book? queens to babysitters? Um, which we have now said is the same thing. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. Ah, uh, like a three. I hated it. <laughs> I did not. It. I didn't hate it. I didn't enjoy it. I liked parts of it, yeah, but it was not an enjoyable read. And I was disappointed to read the author's note where Anna Martin was like, I loved writing this. The hell? I know, me too. I I didn't enjoy it for a multitude of reasons. Okay, hate Reason is a one. strong word. I'd probably give it like I'd probably give it a two. Yeah. But. I'm I would probably say like two point five. And if I had if I couldn't have a half number, then I'd probably go up to three for like a few things that I liked about it, but I can see where you I, would go to. I thought the premise of them all trying to prove they were the best babysitter through a pageant that they all said was sexist garbage was very irritating. I also feel like we've already done the let's prove that I'm the best babysitter through doing like it was a little rehash of a plot line i have to say i love me some anna martin writing but i think that might continue to come up but that's fine but i thought this one was particularly weird Mm -hmm. i i definitely in terms of the pageant thing i will also say clearly based on my love of uk um, not uk all of the rupaul's drag race Clearly, I love a pageant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do think, yes, particular beauty pageants, particularly beauty pageants then, and particularly beauty pageants with children are very problematic. But I have also had friends who were in pageants that got a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just... I want to be the prettiest girl. Yeah. And like not to sound all miscongeniality about it. Like I knew people that legitimately were like, I need scholarship money or I'm not going to college. Let me go do some pageants. I, I, let me go do some pageants. Yeah. So that was annoying. But whatever. I see that. And I do think there are certain things that are problematic. The other thing that annoyed the crap mm-hmm. out of me was the whole Jeff thing. Like... So, Jeff, this has been starting, but basically it reaches a point where Jeff, Don's brother, is like, I hate it here. I want to go back to California and live with dad. And this is the book in which we come to a head on that one. Yeah. And I think what annoyed me about it in terms of like when you look at timeline and i know timeline in this book is a little difficult because there's so many books that are technically within well also she stopped like 14 months them. so like stuff, yeah a lot of stuff happens in a, a non-realistic timeline so like if you're thinking about a timeline and i'm thinking about this i would have thought about this as a kid too he's been there in connecticut for like Six yes, months. Yes, because Dawn makes a point of saying, <laughs> when she's doing the describing who everybody is and all of that, she makes a point of saying that they've lived there less than a year. So I was thinking around nine right. months. But And this was the one part where I thought Dawn was spot on, <laughs> where she was like, basically like he's being selfish and he thinks going back home with dad is going to be like a vacation. Right. right. And I'm like, I kind of agree with you. And I think it's a little crazy that like an eight-year-old boy who hasn't even given something a year. And they're just I agree. like, like I, I went back and forth a little <laughs> bit on that one because my initial response was that like, Oh my God, like 
he hasn't tried. He's also a child. It's not even like he's a teenager where, you know, he's a child. And so there is some level of the parent having to be like, this is where we live now. And sure, maybe he didn't fit in immediately and maybe he doesn't love immediately. We might have to do some things to like get you there. But like, we're going to actually give this a try and you have to try as much as we're trying. And so that was my initial. Then my secondary was, look, there are going to be some situations in which this doesn't work the kids actually do mm-hmm. the for the benefit of the kids it's going to be best if one of them lives with the mom and one lives with the dad whatever like but i think ultimately you're right where it gets to is if we're if we're looking at this from a realistic situation and this is a pretty realistic problem mm-hmm. this is it's been less than a year 6 to 9 months and they're just like, and not even just her mom. It's her mom and her dad and them. her lawyer and the teachers and the social workers and the like. Everybody is like, yeah, sounds about right. He can go back in two just weeks. Just let him do whatever he wants. And then I just started thinking about like, oh, the white privilege of it all here. Like, <laughs> really, Jeff? Jeff? This is setting up Jeff to think that as a white boy, well, and then who's going to grow up to be a white man is just going to get he's going to get whatever he wants if he just pouts. Talk about sexism. One of the first things the dad has to do in order to get ready for Jeff to come back oh, is hire oh, a housekeeper. Oh, hire a. I was like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> so he's going back to a situation that he's going to think is like a vacation. With a house, I'm like, what is happening? What is happening right now? Now it's possible. It just they realize that he's just a whiny little white boy, and they're like, yeah, you know what? No, go live with your father. Oh my god, the privilege of it all. It just no. It was I agree. Pissed me off. I agree. Anyway, so that's how I felt about the book. Do you have any searing thoughts? <laughs> Hot takes. <I> <laughs> wasn't a mystery (laughs) um yeah i mean i think like i said two and a half five for me the thing that pulled it down was it was kind of annoying to read and so so basically each of the members minus mallory and jesse end up with one or two because dawn has the pikes claire and Margot, um together but Everybody has one or two kids who are competing for the pageant. And so there's a huge chunk of the book, because it's from Dawn's perspective, focused on Claire and Margot and their talents. I'm using air quotes. Um, None of these kids or very few of these kids actually have any kind of a talent, um, except for Mariah, who can apparently do it all. Well, a talent that one would be typical in this. Sure. For example... Is it Margot or Claire with the bananas? Who does the, I think it's Claire. Oh, I think it's Mar. I, I can't remember. Really. Anyway, Margot or Claire, the older one. one of- um, her talent is that she's going to recite the, um, I don't even, it's not, I guess technically it's a poem, but it's like the house, the house that, Jack that Jack built. built, but it's one of those that builds. And so you say, you know, yeah. this is the straw that the cat in the whatever, like it just, you know, goes on and on and on. And at the same time, she's going to peel a banana with her feet and then eat it. Eat it. <laughs> I think she eats it with her hands, but still eats it while she's reciting this. So throughout the whole book, one of the kind of ongoing things is that she's reciting it over and over and over to memorize it, which means Dawn hears it because she's babysitting them, which means Mallory hears it because she lives with them. Jesse hears it because the two of them babysit at one point. Like, and so we just keep hearing this over and over and over. Over and, and over and there's over. There's so much repetition in the book and there's so many annoying things in the book and they're presented as annoying things. But Oh my God, it just was not a fun book to read. It wasn't. And then I think also we were excited because when we were speculating, we're like, oh, we hope Karen gets in on this. And then like uncharacteristically for Karen, 
Karen sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I say uncharacteristically because up until this point, Karen is presented as a super creative kid, has lots of, you know. She's also very driven. Karen's not just going to like let yeah. something go. No. And like her talent was like reciting, singing wheels on the bus that she added like 16 of her own that verses was very to, Karen. which was very Karen. But I was like, okay, the girl has a whole improv game going on. Like, why? Like, I just, it was very weird. And what started the whole, like, competitive nature between them, which also irritated me, was they're at a meeting. And I think part of it is, too, Dawn was cranky from the start of the book. And this was even before the Jeff stuff. She was cranky because Christy is giving... Jesse and Mallory like an induction ceremony and she's like well that must have not happened because Christy was jealous of me and da 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 and I was like girl you had a sleepover and a pizza party what more did right. you want I'd rather have a sleepover and, and a pizza so party than like having to put my hand Christy on the literally the making notebook. up shit and then the phone rings and it's Mrs. Johansson who specifically requested Claudia babysit Charlotte because Stacy's gone and, and Charlotte is really missing Stacy. Yeah, and she knew Charlotte thought of Stacy as her best or thinks of Stacy as her best friend. She knows Claudia is also Stacy's best friend, so she just wanted to be with somebody else that she could like talk about her feelings with and as they do end up calling Stacy. And they all get so pissed and off and I'm like shape I was like, okay. So they're like, oh, they must not think we're good babysitters because she wanted Claudia. And it's like, so, oh, my God. (laughs) The one thing that I think when this stuff comes up in these books, it annoys me. But I actually think it's one of the ways that Anna Martin is so good because it's exactly how 13-year-old girls would react. That and is true. so I think this is one of those not to skip ahead. 13-year-old goyles. <laughs> that was awesome. 1930s. Um they so I I wonder this is the like, how would 12 year old you have liked the book? Like, I wonder if it's something we would have picked up on at that age, like if it yeah. would have annoyed us in the same way, or if it just kind of goes over your head because you you identify with one or the other of them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I totally know what you mean. And I think this is one of the books that I think from a 12-year-old me perspective, I do think I probably would have gotten to it more and been like, well, the, I think I would have still been annoyed at Jeff because sure. I was like, even as an only child, I'm like, I don't get to do right. whatever I want. Why does Jeff get right. to do whatever I, I want? I just go pick who I want to live whatever with. Whatever he wants. Not Jeff is not doing what I want. <laughs> anyway. Because um, if we got to do whatever I wanted, we would have moved. <laughs> I mean, lots of things. I mean, I kind of wanted what Jeff wanted. But anyway, I think... When you look back on it from an adult perspective, this is probably the first book where I'm like, I don't relate to this Mm -hmm. anymore, and this Mm -hmm. is annoying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But to your point, I do think if you're 11, 12, 13 reading this book, this probably is like something that you go through where you... yeah. But, like, that is the lasting things of these books that the graphic novels are showing. Or even if you go back and read, the like, the normal book, like, they are lasting because she has written them in a way yeah. that it's really things that girls go through at this age. So, to does 12-year-old me like the book? Probably because even though, actually, I was not, I have grown into loving pageants. I definitely would have been on the Mallory Jesse of it all. I And I still think for like women probably. Anyway, I'm conflicted because I love watching people do sparkly things. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I think um Yeah, it's hard because I think there are people, not just girls, there are people all over the world mm-hmm. 
that as kids respond real hard to glamorous, sparkly, poofy, made up extravaganzas. Adults all over the world yes, that do. But I think <laughs> when you're a kid and you respond to the visual of that, yeah. it's then no, hard it's to like I think it's tough to be like, ooh, and get that like dopamine hit of glamour and then have someone be like, well, this is bad because blah blah blah. And you're like, uh-huh, yeah, I hate it. Well, <laughs> and I do think in that is one of the things normally when there is a broader topic or a larger word that is brought up, some character will explain what that means. There was no explanation of what sexism was. Um, hold on. I. Or at least that I picked up I, on. I, so, I bookmarked <laughs> a bunch of them. So let me go back and see. So the fairly early on when they're they're looking at it because they find it they see it in a newspaper they see an ad for it um so they kind of talk about it um and so claudia starts to read and she says she's reading and it says the contestants will be judged on poise talent and looks she said the title little miss stonybrook does not signify merely beauty but brains and talent as well claude dropped the paper and made a face what i said I don't know. I think pageants are sexist. I don't care what the article says. People go to pageants and they think the only thing little girls are good at is dressing up and looking cute. That's, and she goes and she can't remember the word stereotyping. She says stereo something. Uh, What's the yes. word that sounds like tape deck? <laughs> I do. Stereo I do something? remember that now. Yeah. Oh, stereotyping I supplied. I know what you mean, but guess what? Blah, blah, blah. So I, I think... I agree they probably didn't define it, but I think it, she did, in a way, start to plant seeds talk about the way it, yeah. a younger kid might to might start to understand in a way that, like, you yeah. might have the larger conversation. And then, like, I just, there was a lot of stuff that I, I bookmarked just because I liked the lines. Um, <laughs> and so Christy, they, Christy Marianne show up and they read the article and sexist said christy who'd want to do a dumb thing like be in a pageant and then marianne says a little girl might i can see how it might be glamorous to be up on stage in a fancy dress true agreed christy i guess a pageant could be sexist but fun <laughs> that was funny and it <laughs> just like it just cracks me up that like christy's like yeah cool sexist but fun i'm in and honestly, I think maybe that's where I land on pageants in general as an adult. Sexist. And I think there's a lot of things, fun. not just pageants, but there are a lot of things that if you are aware of all of the parts of this thing, if you're aware that that there is inherent sexism in asking women to dress up in whatever it is, a ball gown, a bathing suit, a whatever, even if you're asking them to do a talent, like if you're judging women against other women and calling one of them the best, it, yeah, it's a, it's a little sexist. Like, but I think to bring it back to the RuPaul's Drag Race yes. role, I think that's probably why I'm also so attracted to it because I do enjoy the pageantry of things, mm -hmm. but that is done in, you know, in celebration of like going back to like, you know, drag balls and like being a safe place for people to express themselves in the form that they want. And it's like, I want some of that infused into like Miss America. And I think like, <laughs> yes. And and I think what for me I think some of like where the drag balls came from was I, I have no like this is not gonna be actual truth. This is like I have no <laughs> degree in this. I have not studied this. This is just my own thought. But have you watched Paris as Burning? It's I have not and I feel like I'm a bad person for not having watched it but no you're not a bad person i know i should it's just once i know it's good once you get on the rupaul's drag yes. train yes 
It's just something you watch and you're like, oh my yeah. god, I appreciate I've seen, it so much I've seen more. snippets of it in other like documentaries and stuff where people are talking about yeah. things. So creating like drag balls came out of people who were not allowed to people who were seeing pageants maybe um mm -hmm. being like again that dopamine hit of glamour being like oh i want to dress up and look like that but knowing you <laughs> that section of society those people at that point were not allowed to do that in public and so having to create this whole other environment that replicated it in a way that was you know, for them, um, not for anybody else, but then, so in some ways those, that's a better way of doing it, but then like anything else, it gets commercialized and it gets, and I'm not saying it's right. a bad thing, but like RuPaul's Drag Race is a commercial bastardization of drag balls. Oh, like, 100%. Do you need a refill? Cause I do. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's take a wee break. <laughs> Yeah, Should we be back? back? Let's be back. <laughs> okay, we're back. Okay, so we got through, you know, how we mm -hmm. felt about it, if 12-year-old yep. us would like it. So what was the most surprising bit for you? Uh, honestly, the most surprising bit was that, was the timeline of taking Jeff to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> it was an intensely strange because timeline. it's like it was one of those things where it was familiar yet strange. So they decide <laughs> they decide that strange from a like from a, a looking at it from a now perspective and not like a pandemic from perspective, a pan but like a from a yeah okay that's where I was, yes um, thank you. like a 2019 perspective. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to find it because I, yeah. So um, so they decide Jeff's going back to California. Everything happens. They are like, here you go, getting on a plane. And so it goes from like Dawn comes home after school or after I, I, the pageant. I don't know. She comes home from something and <laughs> Jeff's packing and then their mom comes home and is like, hey, guys, we got to eat really quick. And they're like, OK, cool. And I'm like reading along. I'm like, OK. And they're like, because we got to go to the airport. And I'm like, OK, so your son is leaving forever. And it just that that part seemed no, really weird. weird. There was no like goodbye dinner. Yeah, it was like, like leftovers because like that's Wednesday yeah. night. So then so that was weird. But then. They get in the car and they go to the airport. They drive to the airport. They don't mm -hmm. specifically say, but, you know, it's like it's Stanford. So I'm assuming it's probably New York that they're going to. Right. Yeah. There's probably a Stanford airport. Where? But is there direct to California? I may have overthought this. Anyway, they get to the airport. And it. No, I was thinking about those things, too, because then I was thinking about, like, the time of his flight. And they're like, he would get on the flight at, like. Eight o'clock at night, and then he would get there like, and it'd be like eleven o'clock in the morning. Like, no, it was that's eleven o'clock at time night. Works to... Oh, okay. I think then I read it wrong. I'm like, that's not how going to California yeah. works. I'm no, it was that he was going to get there at eleven o'clock at night. So theoretically, he would have slept on the plane a little bit, but he'd still be tired enough that he could sleep all night. Got it. Okay, yeah. I understand now. So, so, so confused. confused. So anyway, so they get to the airport. We reached the airport an hour before Jeff's plane was supposed to take off. So they, they're they there an hour before the plane takes off. In 2019 times, you've already missed the flight. Unless unless you're flying Look, out of Tampa. I, I'm not using my own time. I have I'm using like, okay, <laughs> yes, it can be done. It has been done, but in like, it depends on, and it, but you really have you to, have know, the to know the airport. You and you're right. If they're flying probably somewhere out of New York to get a direct right. flight, then so let's say no. let's say Stanford <laughs> has a, an airport, 
even in 2019 times, you haven't missed your flight, but you're late. You're rushing. You're a little, you're nervous. You're close. You can't check any luggage, getting through TSA. Clearly. But he has trunks. No. He has trunks of things that he is sending. I thought the trunks went ahead Oh, maybe already. you did. Maybe, maybe they did. You might be right. Because I thought they said, like, oh, his trunks went off and all he had was, like, a rolling He bag. has a, a suitcase and a knapsack. Okay. So either still, way. I would assume that's a suitcase right. you have to I would check. think, like, too. That's a big suitcase. But either suitcase. way. Oh, yep. We walked into the airport and checked Jeff's suitcase through. You're right. In 2019 time, or if you're one of those weirdos that are flying yep. now, they close the check-in. Yeah. Yeah. At that point. So well, they closed checking yeah. a bag. So then Jeff says, um, could I get a Mars bar from a vending machine? Jeff just loves vending machines and photo booths and those machines that plasticize things for you, which I realized after reading a couple times is lamination. I don't know. Okay, because I didn't know what the it hell. It says that, was. that he Plasticized. Or was it, I thought it was like a shrinking dig. It said machine, he plasticized like, everything in their mom's wallet. So I took that to mean lamination. I also was like, like dollar bills? What's happening here, Jeff? Jeff is clearly <laughs> some kind of like sociopath. So Jeff, Jeff So then their mom says, a, Sure. Jeff is on the road to toxic masculinity, is what Jeff yes. is on. Sure, replied mom. We have time to kill. Do you, Miss Schaefer? Do, do you? you? I don't think you do. In the 80s, you did. We found a corridor. Because well, they could go to the gate with we him, We found too. a corridor, luckily on the way to the gate from which Jeff's flight would leave, that looked like Vending Machine Alley. Jeff bought a Mars bar. He and Don get into a photo booth, and they do photos so that they split it up. They're going to give two to the mom and two to the dad. <laughs> After the photo session, we still had time to kill. And you know you had to wait for those things to pop out and like, that's a good 15 Even, minutes right there. I don't know how any of this time works. <laughs> when he was done, mom said, we better get to the gate, kids. They may board you early, Jeff. Early? By this point, <laughs> what is happening? So then the gate was a mob scene, which I could like picture in my head. It made me a little anxious, but that was probably more pandemic thing. So then I thought they were going to get into like, oh, my God, the flight's running late. No, no. It just there were a lot of people there. It was fine. So like they get on, they do whatever. But I was like, this is such an 80s thing that I think I, there are some things that I wish time travel was a thing so that you could explain to people that never experienced both ends of anything using using this as an example but like if if you are young enough that you never experienced pre 911 travel where there were just metal detectors you walk through anyone well no one could go to the gate a little bit before that but at some point anyone could go to the gate if you were getting in a flight and someone was meeting you there, they could just walk up to the gate. You could go wherever you wanted. If you're young enough that you didn't experience that or like I just there was a I saw a tweet this week where there was this girl and she was like, I hate to sound like so Gen Z, but like how did people get around without GPS? And she wasn't asking in like, a, I don't know. It was more of a metaphorical like, how did you live without GPS? I don't understand. I, I feel that way about email. And it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things that I like, wish. I, I'm sure there's stuff that like, and like cars. And it's interesting or, because like I, so. Getting real hopped up about I definitely travel. traveled before 9-11. And despite clearly having many memories prior to 9-11, how travel worked pre that, I don't I don't really have any memories of it. Also, I was a kid, so I probably just have the memories I also, of like I traveled a lot. So I used to be the unaccompanied minor on flights when I would go <laughs> see my grandmother, and I started that fairly young. Mm. So I feel like I have yeah. Like, I traveled more than the average kid, probably, on airplanes. Right. Which makes sense. And, like, I even, 
like growing up, I was always that kid that I was like, I always enjoyed vinyl even before, not to sound like that person, but like before it was cool. Just because we had an around, we had a ton of it because everyone in my family on both sides was really into music and it was like, they weren't giving up their record collections. They just then bought everything on CD. Like, so it was just, we had it. So I was like, there was a lot of things where I was like, look, the, the I understand. On vinyl. Look, <laughs> I was ahead of my time. I mean, I, I like it. I, there was a lot of, I really enjoyed the Supremes on vinyl. Anyway, like there were things that I understood how they worked. I, maybe it was because we had a computer from, like, there's a picture of me as a baby sitting on my dad's lap at a personal computer because that's what my dad did. So I do not understand how life worked before having a computer in your house to communicate with people because we were also one of the first people. Like, I don't remember life without internet because we just always had it. Like, as soon as you could get internet in your house, we had it because my dad need, needed it sure. for work. Like, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of, like, game playing. But, shit, like, when but you think of it, you probably do because chances are that everybody that you knew didn't have internet at the same time you did or didn't have email at the same time you did. No, I just remember them coming over our Right. House. But that's what I'm saying. So, like... And, like, I don't understand, like, I get it, but, like, I don't understand, like, how did work work? Like, I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand. And then I'm like, I like the sound of not having email Phones at work. and walking. <laughs> Faxes. Like, that scene in 9 to 5 where she can't figure out the gigantic copy machine. I think... That blows my fucking mind. I think, like, the <laughs> ultimate answer to a lot of things, emails, cars, phones, airplanes, like, all these things, the ultimate answer is it took longer. It's not that, like... Oh, I know. I, I'm not explaining it's this like, to you okay. so much as, like, just... That's the, like, general, like, thought that I have of, like... I get it. But then I have this fear because, okay, so we've talked about how I watch a lot of sci-fi things. So I've been rewatching Stargate, which I don't think you can make that show in that sure. way right now. But I still enjoy it with all of the grains of salt that go involved. There's this one episode where they go to this world where there's this big giant piece of technology that just protects all of the citizens. And the society has essentially regressed because... They've relied on this technology that just worked, that there's like two people that knows how it works to keep it maintained. But then there's this big bad thing. They're they're parasitic aliens. It's fine. <laughs> they like come and they're gonna take over the planet, but like they can't the the everything's going to shit because like nobody knows how to use it because They've just all relied on it. And then I worry about us sometimes. I'm like, are we just relying on all this shit so much that when the zombie apocalypse yeah. comes? Or the aliens come yeah. back and say we want yeah. it back. It's crazy. That took a turn. We There are so many. Clearly the sauce is kicking okay. in. <laughs> Herb Erlinger's fruit wine is doing what it should. So yeah, that was surprising. I think the most surprising part for me was how much Karen sucked at her talent. Mm-hmm. That was really upsetting. Didn't... I, I mean, that's fine. We're, we're on you, not on me. No, I was no, just going to say that didn't... It, it wasn't like a... Didn't... I don't know. I think I was just so perturbed by this entire book yeah. that like... Or maybe back to my original point of Jeff... I guess that was number three on my list of why I can't stand it. That was surprising. How quickly their mom was just like, yep, you got in a couple fights. Back to California but with maybe, you. Maybe the takeaway should be, God, how annoying must this kid have been that his mother was like, true. please, please take him. Please. But I think what also annoyed me, too, is that Dawn is going on ad nauseum about how she would never leave her mother. And I know down the line she moves back to California, too, which, again, 
if we've stopped aging these right people, it all happens in a year this woman is abandoned by her yes. children within a year well, and she <laughs> says not only is she straight like stranded by her children but but she is agreeing to it because they specifically say she has sole legal custody so she has to go and change this so she has to agree right. maybe mrs schaefer hates her children maybe i don't know it maybe. was just annoying maybe mrs schaefer is discovering the mid 80s new york city party scene and she has She's becoming yes. a club kid? Maybe she has decided she got married like super early. She moved out to California. She got like a little Hollywood party taste, but then she had kids. Bam, bam, bam. She got kind of relegated. This is not what she signed up for. She got divorced. She moved back to Stony Brook. Is like, look, I'm just going to like chill out here in my like ghost infested mm. old like family home. And then... Jeff is like, I'm going to go back to California. She's like, fine, kid, go back to California. So now she's just got Don, who's super um, self-sufficient. She can leave her. She goes into New York. She starts dating a little bit. She starts kind of like checking out the scene. Okay, I take it back. Not Club Studio kid. 54. She's just like Wolf of... No, because that's like the 70s. This is like Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Cocaine. Yes. It's like post-disco... Like, it's the, there's still clubs, but it's like, like, people are starting to get a little bit more cautious about having anonymous sex in the bathroom, but like, yeah, there's coke there, and so, like, let's just do it. And she's just been stifled for, like, 13 years now, and, she, you know, she's just kind of, like, breaking out a little bit, and then she's like, you know what, this other kid is kind of, like... But then she marries Marianne's dad, who's a total nerd. Look. She just had to get her yayas out. <laughs> okay. So what was the most expected part of the book for you? That they all, like, learned their lesson and came back together and were like, Oh, guys, we're just friends. We shouldn't have fought. Well, maybe you should have fucking learned that lesson before when this happened before. It is true. That's accurate. Along that line, what was the most expected part for me? Because there was some clear animosity on Anna Martin's part towards mm -hmm. pageants. That Mariah, who so clearly should have won the pageant, didn't win the pageant because the, what Sabrina were they calling Bouvier? them? Oh, the professional. Hold on, I've, yeah. I've bookmarked it because she's great at names. Sabrina Bouvier is a fantastic Sabrina pageant Bouvier girl name. is a fantastic pageant girl name, but they didn't call her a pageant girl. They called them. Professional. Hold on. Dur, dur, dur. Like pageant junkies or something like that, and that they ba <laughs> they basic she was basically teaching all of the readers the lesson that just because you're the best in this life doesn't mean you're doesn't gonna mean win. You're always gonna win. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> Which we thought was a little dark for children, but I was like, once I read pageant it, head, pageant head, yes, it's hyphenated for anyone that's following along on style rules. She said, this is Claudia. Do you know what that was? Claudia whispered to me, a pageant head. That's what. A poor kid who gets roped into any beauty contest or pageant that comes along. Her whole life is one big smile. That's dark. That's dark, <laughs> That's Anna really Martin. dark. And she's not that pretty, I pointed out. And maybe not very talented, added Claudia. But she knows pageants, or her mother does, and she knows what the judges like. Did this like. come out, did this come out pre or post John Bonet? Pre. Pre. Okay, so we didn't no. like because this was at a time, okay. and they specifically point out that all of the babysitter girls, like none of them are dressed, like they didn't put on makeup or whatever, because they get there and they see the other pageant heads who are wearing makeup and nail polish and their hair's done. So I think this was at a time when, in these little girl pageants, you could still enter your little girl with missing teeth and her hair from right. yesterday's bath and like whatever. But there were the, the Sabrina Bouviers of the world who were starting to get, 
They were going to be that we're turning it into what we know from Jean Monnet and Toddlers yes, and Tears. Exactly. And then we get to Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> that poor child. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was expected to me, which is we I guess that's a weird thing to be to see coming. Yeah. But like you knew that's what yeah. was going to happen. So does it hold up? <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of this stuff holds up because ultimately it's like what adolescent girls, pre-adolescent girls think and feel. And like, I don't know, there's always going to be, yeah. whether it's physically a pageant or some other competition, like there's always going to be that. So in some ways, yeah, um, the airport run does not. Um <laughs> I I think we're settling on once again the the overarching theme holds up, but some of the yes. details don't. Yeah, which is I think good, which is testament to why these are being made into graphic novels. True. I don't know if the Jeff going home so quickly. I don't know if that. I don't think that would happen now, though. I. It may if we if we take if we again we're reading these very quickly. So, like, mm -hmm. if we take that away from it and think that, because what is this? Number 15. So, say, right. let's say two a year at, you know, speediest best, one a year. Like, now we're already right. a pretty far away. So, like, maybe a publisher that's would true. be like, yeah, that's that storyline's okay. Because people will feel like it's been a while. I think... You're right, though. I think they would approach it slightly differently and and yeah. have a conversation about like, well, we talked with the psychologist and we That's tried. That's true. Like they, they, now there would totally be a therapist. Yes. Which we've had a whole that, that story actually, about going to the therapist. We did. And that actually did come up where Jeff was like crying like, does Mrs. Blah, blah, blah think I need to go to a psychologist? And yes. Yes, honey. Yes, she does. But we're not going to deal with we're it. Gonna we're just going to send off. you back home. So I actually do think, from that point of view, that doesn't hold Correct. up. Now your kid would get your. You would take your kid to therapy before you're like, let's just send him back to his dad, where he's not going to have to deal with any also, of his feelings. Can we talk? About, I don't think the dad's living his best bachelor life now. Maybe he should have hired the housekeeper before, but maybe he's boning the housekeeper. Well, but he just hired her. You're saying boning the current. Maybe he just hired. Maybe he just hired the girl maybe. he was boning. But here's the thing: Do you think the dad is like, yeah, ship me the problem child? I, I don't know. And they position everything like, oh yeah, they're just doing it anyway. So yeah, okay, that part doesn't hold up, but the girl themes hold up. Girl themes, check. Okay. I meant like no, the I know themes you meant. of the main character. You know, yeah. But I realized what that sounded like. Yeah, no, I like it. Okay, so the next book that we have to yes. speculate on, Jesse's Secret Language. Oh, I think I know this one. I think I know this one, too. So this is the, our first one that's from Jesse's yep. perspective. I'm pretty sure it's she babysits yeah. a deaf kid. So our wild speculation is that Jesse, that we know the plot and that Jesse babysits a deaf kid and that she... Okay, here's the question. Does she know sign language already or does she learn sign language? And how does the IRA fit in? I don't know. We the the instances of IRA. Well, Stacy's back IRA in New York. So we need Stacy to come back. I agree with all of those like children back in the eighties and nineties that like went ape shit when Stacy went away, because this is BS. Um, I think she learns it. I think she has to learn I it. I think she knows it and she keeps it hidden because it feels like shameful for some reason. But then she's the only one that can talk to this new kid who is deaf. And mm. then it becomes this like big like, why do you know it? And I don't know the reasons. Probably because of gun running. But it's probably not. I just Well, like they do live in the McGill's old <gasps> house. Maybe squirt. Hi, Piper. Aww. Oh, oh, hi. You have a Maybe guest squirt. behind you. It's not Piper. Oh, hi, mother. Come here. No, I'm not getting on there. Yes, you are. No. Please. You want to say hi to Nell? Is that a draw? 
Hi, Arlene. I miss you. I don't even remember where we were. Jesse, sign language, gun running. That's it. Oh, I know where we were. What if Squirt <laughs> stumbles upon a gun cache in Ooh, the basement? that's what I was going to say, too. Like, yes, so they're in the McGill's and like... Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I don't know why I've decided it's the two-year-old. Well, maybe it's Becca. Maybe, ooh, maybe Squirt is like, bah, 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 and he falls or does something. And then Becca's like, what is this? And she finds like the loose floorboard, but she has the better fine motor yes. skills to actually pull up the floorboard. And then she freaks out and calls her mom. Yes. Because that would be terrifying to just find a bunch of guns as a child. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's solid. In other random things uh-huh. on TikTok, did you see that girl who found a whole other apartment behind her bathroom mirror in New York? Talk <laughs> about white privilege. No, I'm not going to call your fucking landlord. Don't climb <laughs> through your bathroom mirror with a, a hammer. Okay, I probably would have no. gone through. What if there was, I don't even know what's back. I mean, clearly it was just a walled off second apartment, but like, no. Also, I'm just so curious. Why did they wall off a second apartment? So I saw something that was like a link to something that said (laughs) this was something that builders did so that they had easy access into apartments that like if they were working on, on, a couple different apartments that they would cut holes in in between the walls and then they could just go they could unlock one apartment and they could go in between the two and they wouldn't have to wait for like other people to be unlocked and i guess i take that except this was a whole other unfinished apartment see, i don't it didn't look unfinished to me it looked like someone had lived there moved out and that they were doing some kind of like the toilet wasn't in the right spot. Right, like they were doing renovations or something like that. Like, I don't think this was a, like, it's been like that forever. I don't know. Anyway. And I think nuts. she only noticed it because the cold air was coming up because they turned off the heat. That's why I think someone had been living there and because, like, oh, I use heat and whatever. And, like, you didn't notice it. and whatever. It was crazy. Either way, it was nuts. Crazy. So that's the episode. Go look it up on TikTok. We'll chat later. Bye. Bye. Bye.